1: You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub and CISO Talk
0: podcast, Veteran November series that honors the brave men and women who serve this nation by sharing their stories of service. Each year for the entire month of November, we publish a daily podcast about these veterans. Buckle up and get ready for Veteran November. And now your host, James Azar. What is happening, people? Welcome to the Veteran November Cyber Hub Podcast and CISO Talk Meshup. So, these are two separate podcasts. They're all together this month. So, every episode goes on both channels. If you have not subscribed to either one or both, please make sure to do so right now. Um, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. It's a very, very special one. Uh, we publish these episodes daily for the entire month of November, Monday through Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern Time. So, Tune in to that. Make sure to subscribe to YouTube. You can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and any one of your favorite podcast listening platforms. Go check that out on top of it in November. We still have our usual cybersecurity content each and every single day as well. Josh Copeland, welcome to the show, my man. And for those who don't know, Josh is the current SOC manager at AT AT&T and a cybersecurity practitioner. Welcome to the program, Josh. Thanks for having me, James. It's a pleasure having you. Let's kind of kick this off. Let everyone know what branch of the service did you serve in?
1: I was in the United States Air Force. You know, Navy Marine brat, so obviously I had to do better than my parents and join the Air Force. <laughs> How long were you in the Air Force for? I did 20 years. I retired out.
0: Wow. So you you, you went in at 18, came out 20 years later. Yes, sir. Well done, sir. What did you do in the Air Force? Was it just one position or did you do a multitude of, uh, of jobs in your time enlisted?
1: Uh, I started off my career in logistics doing supply type stuff, taking boxes, driving forklifts, transitioned over into IT and then into cybersecurity by the time I retired. Wow.
0: So you kind of did the whole journey from enlisting all the way out to uh, um, from, from like from a job perspective, right? From just... Kind of what the Marine Corps calls a grunt, but in the Air Force, there's no such thing because you're still in an air-conditioned warehouse. Um, so, of yeah, totally. Um, what, what? So, Josh, you know, to me, it's very interesting when people enlist, right? Because the story of the enlistment is very interesting. Tell us about why you decided to enlist in the military, and kind of what was your motivation behind it.
1: Well, for me, military is really my family business. I'm fourth-generation military. Uh, my dad was a Vietnam era vet. My mom served throughout the eighties. Uh, my grandfather was a Navy World War II vet. His father was in uh, World War One. And then before that, Civil War, all the way back to the Revolutionary War. So it's kind of just been the thing that you know our family does. Go you know, serve our country and you know, do that honorably and then try to serve our communities when we leave the service so you know that's
0: talk a little bit about that family tradition for us you know you're talking about almost every single major conflict the u.s has ever been in including the civil war or your family's had a part in it um did you feel like you were continuing family tradition or did it mean more to you than just i'm following my family's footsteps
1: well there's definitely a bit of both in the equation okay. you know there is the continue the family legacy, continue to serve and you know, contribute back to a country that's given, you know, my family so much since the very beginning of the country. But then there's also that personal part of, you know, I needed to do something for my country. It's, you know, a land of opportunity. And if I'm able to, you know, give a portion of my life, whether that's four years, twenty years, or thirty, that that's something that I need to do for myself.
0: Interesting. that, that that's that's Thank you so much for sharing that. When you look at the military, I think the military is one of the greatest incubators. It's the best university. It, they, they take young men and women and, and, and they take young boys and, and young girls and they turn them into men and women. Um, and, and there's a lot that goes in there. If you look back at your 20 years in the service and you, would, you could pinpoint maybe one or two skills that the military ta- taught you, that have been instrumental in everything, you know, that kind of goes on in your life, what would those be?
1: You know, two very important skills that the Air Force and the military in the whole gave me that made it where I'm successful now. And that's be a voracious learner and be absolutely flexible. You know, things are never going to go the way that you planned it. Be able to adapt, overcome. And you can do that by educating yourself, by being able to soak up all that knowledge and all the things that are around you. Be able to ingest that and then use that as decision points to when things don't go the way that you initially can
0: when you talk about being a learner and constantly learning you know you kind of you did a bunch of different jobs while you were in the air force and it's kind of a curve right from being kind of a forklift operator to going to it you know th- those don't exactly mix. What was that transition within jobs like in the military?
1: Um, it's like any other transition. You know, you have that crawl, walk, run mentality that the military teaches. You're not going to change jobs and do something new and be the very best. But the important thing is to educate yourself and go through that progression. You know, one of the famous military idioms is "failure is your first attempt to learn." You know, that is absolutely true, is you're going to fail while you're learning. If you don't fail, you're not really counting. So with that whole process, you've just got to educate and apply.
0: That's magnificent. So talk to me a little bit about what does America symbolize to you? What does this country mean to you? when you see it based you know on 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 the service that you, that you had with the country
1: it's really two things freedom and opportunity you know america is one of the few countries where everyone has an opportunity to be great there are a plethora of paths to do so whether you come from a very poor background or you come from a you know very posh and well off There's opportunities for everything. And with that, it's just a matter of motivating yourself and taking those opportunities to be a better person.
0: So that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Let's talk a little bit about kind of the end of your service, the transition to civilian life. Um, Talk a little bit about what was that transition like for you and maybe what's one key takeaway, what's one thing that you learn from it that you'd want to pass on to maybe someone who's listening who might be transitioning
1: out shortly? Biggest thing you can do is network, network, network. Um, there's stats out there that up to 75% of all available jobs are not listed out on any job boards or any recruiting sites. It's all you have to know somebody to get into that job. Every job I've had since the military has been because I've known someone in that company who's advocating, for me, which has been a fantastic way to get into companies and progress through those organizations because at that point you're a known quantity and they're more likely to hire. You. Um, I try to do that myself, you know, people that I served with, get them connected with the right folks and hopefully get them jobs that position them to where they need to be when they leave the service it's after two years, 10 years or 20 or 30
0: what was the transition like? You know, twenty years in the military is twenty years with a sense of order, sense of rules, right? Like a, uh, um, it's it's a different mentality than maybe a corporate or you know, kind of like the civilian life. What was that transition like for you? What did you do to prepare yourself, kind of from going from the air force to being a civilian? Um, a lot of it
1: was just. Changing mentality. You know, it took me in my first job three months before I routinely answered first I played sports in high school, did uh, military for twenty years, and I was always just called by my last name. So people would say, "Hey, Josh, look at this," and it completely <laughs> blew my mind that that I was, they were talking to me. Um, even getting dressed in the morning, you know, in the military, you know exactly what you're going to wear. There's a big document that's this thick that tells you exactly what to wear, how to dress, and Having the freedom to pick your own clothes was, you know, kind of scary for a little bit. So it was a process of, you know, figuring out what I'm going to be when I'm not, you know, master sergeant. For
0: was it difficult for you? Um, kind of like like the, those first two three months out of the military, as you were kind of in civilian. Did you feel kind of like caught in like a deer in the headlights type of thing? Or, or did you find it be pretty smooth because, you know, your family heritage
1: or so? Um, I was fortunate. I had a very, very smooth transition. I had a job lined up well before my retirement. I was able, able to start my job while I was on terminal leave. So that created a very smooth transition. And because of the organization I was going with was very veteran heavy, it created a nice mix of being in the military to being in a corporate job also around a lot of before going off to the world of typical civilian.
0: That's awesome. So, um, you know, as we kind of uh, look look at transitioning out and kind of, you know, going into the, the civilian role, did you find that the skills kind of like that transition period actually really helped you? Like, were you able to get the maximum value out of it?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, transitioning in that transition period was absolutely critical to my success because it allowed me to successfully go from being a member of the United States military to being somebody who is here doing a job for an organization that is not as rigidly defined as the military. That's, that's a different mindset.
0: Indeed it is. You know, as we kind of wrap up the interview, I wanted to ask you, you know, my, one of my favorite questions to ask vets whenever I meet them. Um, one of my favorite questions to get as a vet is, you know, what's the one thing you loved about your military service? Because um, I think there's a lot of ups and downs being in the service, but there's always one thing that always sticks with you. What's that for you?
1: For me, it was the brother and sister to be a member of the military. Yeah, There is a inherent kinship, no matter what branch you are, what AFC, MOS, you know, any C that you are, everyone wearing a uniform has a instant bond and there's a level of mentorship and followership that is inherent to that, that when something happens, we all lean in together. And that is my most cherished memory. Being
0: That's awesome. Josh, I appreciate you so much for coming on. Uh, I know we all appreciate your service. Um, you know, even though it's the Air Force, it's still service. Uh, you know, so Air Force is kind of like, you know, people who served in the service will, will laugh at that joke. Other people will be like, "Why are you making fun of the Air Force? We're not." Um, everyone saw the uh, the airplanes taking off in the intro video. If you haven't seen that, that's really really cool. Um, so, uh, fighter jets taking off is one of my favorite things on the planet. Um, I, I don't think there's anything more exhilarating than watching those like fighter jets take off.
1: B fifty two, B 52s are more killer. Seen that? Come down to Barksdale. I'll say B fifty two.
0: Oh man, I'm gonna have to do that now. All right, folks, uh, that's it for another episode of Veteran November. We publish these episodes daily uh, for the entire month of November at two p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So tune in. Make sure to subscribe. Follow our YouTube channel at CyberHub Podcast. Or follow us on any one of our side on our, any one of our podcast channels on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can check out CyberHub Podcast or CISO Talk. Catch them both. You can also catch all of our other content there as well. Thank you to Mister Copeland for being with us here today. I'm grateful that you've taken the time, folks. That's it for us. We'll see you again tomorrow with more. Till then, cheers, and have a great rest of your day. And God bless the USA.